being oh, honest. Yeah? yeah, there's a story about that. And if you want, I'll tell it on the podcast. All right. That sounds good. Uh, that sounds perfect. So um, are we always fearless? That's the question. Always. Always. All right. Well, cool. Well, well, we might test the waters there a little bit today. <laughs> All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live. I'm your host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. And I'm super excited to come live for our third episode today. If this is your first time joining us, then of course, enjoy this show thoroughly. If you're back for more, like power to you. We love you. And we hope you subscribe and comment and share the uh, share the show. Of course, we've had some excellent uh, leaders on the show um, really, I mean, ever since we got started, we've had an excellent lineup. Um, today, uh, Marusha started us off. Um, we had an awesome talk about communities and, and how to grow communities. She's one of the best in the world at building communities and helping visionaries with the management of those communities. We talked to uh, Stacy Savage as well, who's also tackling another really important world project, and that's uh, creating zero waste systems for companies, working with companies like Nestle and Apple um, and Dell to manage their waste management solutions and in, improve their sustainability and impact, positive impact on the world while reducing costs and ultimately driving further profits by understanding what those entrepreneurs need. And she helps small companies too with that. Anyway, um, without further ado, I'm going to uh, do a little bit of introductory for our sponsor show sponsors because those are super important as well. And then we'll bring Randy Crane on stage, the fearless marketer. So we've got this conference coming up next week called Icon Maker Live. And Icon Maker Live is designed to help people who want to have more influence and more credibility in the market and more authority launch podcasts, get their names out there, distribute their message. We're talking top of funnel awareness for what it is that you do. And you know, we've been we had a great privilege of hosting Cheryl a few weeks ago. There she is, beautiful woman. Um, and Cheryl came on the show shared her decades of experience in TV broadcasting and journalism. It was super easy to see just how put together she is in terms of helping people show up well for their shows. Um, she loved our show and we we had such a great relationship. We decided to partner on this venture uh, and, and so to speak. And we came in to help them uh, reword their copy for promoting the show itself. And they've got a super awesome offer coming out here. Um, I believe it actually launched today. I'm not going to reveal what it is, but go to iconmakerlive.com, see your opportunity to join us at this virtual event. And if you're looking to produce a show, um, just take a look at the lineup of, of guests and influencers that are involved in this. We're all going to be coming out to this to throw down some super sincere, uh, genuine value that can help you take your business to seven figures. That's their goal for the people who come into this um, event. And they do have a pretty awesome guarantee associated with it as well. So definitely check that out. Now, Cap Show is also one of the mechanisms that we use to produce our show and make sure that our show quality not only uh, attracts people from for who, who finds the show and goes and sees our show notes, but it also uses AI to create all of the social posts necessary to get these episodes out there 
distributed on the different platforms, it's amazing what it's capable of doing. So we could upload this episode, for instance, we're going to be talking to Randy about fearless marketing. And once it's uploaded, all I have to do is click a bunch of buttons and I don't even do it. My, my team does this. That's what's so cool is that you can put superpowers in the hands of your team and then click and generate their Twitter posts. They can generate LinkedIn posts, um, posts for Facebook. They can generate sound bites uh, from what it is that I say and what is it Randy says. It's a neat system. You get two free credits to try it out. Go over there to capshow.com. Uh, give it a try and uh, let us know what you think as well about that that tool. If you love the tool, tell us. If there's things that you feel like they can improve, let us know that too. And know that behind the scenes of all of that, they have an amazing community as well where they're super open to nurturing people forward. As most of you know, this show is quite new and we're getting super awesome reviews, especially from our guests. But in spite of that, we want to keep growing and we want to keep making things better. So it's really cool to be part of a community where they host more than 100 podcasters shows and then they give us insight as well into what we can be doing better. They're at a summit this week as we speak, by the way, um, but it's it's a great group. We're super happy to, to know the founders and uh, couldn't be more happy with the service that they've provided to us with that. So last thing I'll say before bringing Randy on board is if you have the opportunity, please go ahead and give a dollar to the water project or more, and let's get clean drinking water to those in need throughout the world. Check out those projects. Jaime, if you don't mind, go ahead and sh go ahead and throw a link to one of the existing projects um, in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for, for showcasing their website as I speak about that. Um, I, I can't think of too many causes where you can have a greater impact um, with a very minimum amount given and, of course, uh, inspire friends and family to do the same. So with that said, uh, Randy Crane's going to come on and talk about fearless marketing. He's got almost 9,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. I saw that he's just a couple shy. Wouldn't be surprised if a couple of you guys ended up being those subscribers who helps push his show to the next level and get his, uh, his information out there far and wide. We're going to hear all about his vision and how to become fearless in what you do. And I'm ultimately going to test the waters with that as I get to know him today. So Randy, Thank you so much for being here today, man. And I uh, look forward to, to hearing the value you provide. Oh, we got you muted. Wait, let's see here. Let's get that mute button off. Randy, can you hear us now? I hear you fine. You oh, perfect. You heard me great. We couldn't hear you. We hear you now. Thanks, man. I appreciate you being here. Jackson, thanks so much for having me on your show. This is fantastic. Well, awesome. Well, yeah, well, we're happy to have you. So, uh, Randy, you've you've been around the block a few times. Uh, you know, I can I can tell that with the hairdo. Um, and I think that's a fantastic accolade to have, by the way, because you've been you've seen more marketing than most of the 20, 30, even even probably young 40 year old marketers out there. So um, tell us a little bit about your background in, in marketing, sales and the business world. Well, you know, it's funny. My I uh, I grew up in around a selling household. My my father was a salesman and um but from the time I was young, I was I was actually going to be a priest, and uh, so I went to school, studied being a priest, and uh, I was about six weeks away from taking vows. And um, I say we decided, the church and myself. I started asking questions that probably are not the best questions to ask the church, and and uh, they decided that I had to I wanted to rethink my my vocation for a while. Um, that was like 40 years ago, so it's been a lot of thinking. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, what happened was, I, you know, my biggest concern was the fact that I didn't think I was getting the whole story from the church. Mm. 
And uh, I figured there was more to religion than what was being taught. And uh, so it sent me on a journey throughout my life. And, you know, I left uh, the church and I, I got into marketing. And as time went on, um, I'm studying marketing, I'm studying religion, and the two kind of came into one. Hmm. And um, that's where emotional marketing was, for me, was born, was from that. And it actually stems from a, from a passage in, in one of the Gnostic, one of the Gnostic Gospels that said, what you think and what you feel creates reality. Hmm. And what you think causes more of what you feel, and what you feel causes more of what you think, whether it's on a positive scale or a negative. Sure. Okay. Um, and I, I remember thinking to myself at the time, well, everybody knows that. But just because everybody knows it doesn't mean they're aware of it. Okay. So a lot of times, you know, and I, I go back to uh, a comedian like George Carlin, you know, who spent, spent his whole career pointing out the obvious. Hmm. Okay. And um, so to me, this was a, this was kind of a turning point. And because I'm, I'm looking at the marketing in, in, in the world, this is back in the eighties and during back then, I mean, it was all TV and radio and, and newspapers and magazines. Yep. And there was nothing emotional about any of it. Hmm. It was all about by me, by me, by what I've got. And, this stemmed true into into the, into the early '80s when websites became a thing, and you know, you and I both know we we go into uh, look at websites even today. <laughs> what is it? It's all about here. Look at me. Look at me. Right. And it really shouldn't be about that. It should be about everybody else but you. It really should be about your customer and how your customer feels before they buy your product or and how they feel after. Hmm. because how they feel after will determine whether they come back again. Yeah. Okay. And if you can't solve the problem they have, they're probably not going to get a penny of their money anyway. Yep. So the whole concept of look at me, look at me just doesn't work. That's and interesting that you made that shift. What, uh, what, what year was it when you, uh, or what decade was it when you discovered that shift from the 80s. look at me, Oh, in, in the late 80s. Late 80s. You're looking yeah. at customer-centric copy. We're basically looking at the concept of how do we position this message so that it's about what the prospect actually needs is kind of what I hear you saying. Really? Um, and where did you see that taking place originally? Or where did you start putting that into place? You know what? I started, I guess, you know what? I'm not even 100% sure. I know one of the companies that really had a huge impact on me was Nike. Yeah, because it really changed the way marketing was done. Yeah. And you know what? I was there at the onset of Nike. And I remember thinking to myself, you know what? Um, their whole Just Do It campaign, which came out after the company's formation, um, I thought was a little weird to begin with. But the more I looked at it, the more I, I listened to it, the more that I started to understand it, it resonated with me huge. And I and I remember thinking to myself, you know what, these guys get it. 
you know, um, in the 80s and 90s, you know, it, if uh, you saw an ad for an airline, you know, well, we have the most comfortable seats, we have the best pricing, we have the best. And, and you know what, I, I've said this for years, companies don't care about any of that. Okay, our customers don't care anything about that. You know, because salespeople do this even today. Yeah. Hi, my name is Randy and I work for this company and we've been around for 20 years. We have the best people, the best price, the best product, the best warranty, the best delivery, blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares about any of those things. I think people want to be inspired. I agree. They want to be inspired. And there's nothing inspiring about any of that. Yeah. I mean, it may be nice to know, but it's not going to inspire somebody to buy from you. And that doesn't matter whether you're I'm sitting face to face with you or I've got line copy or I've got photographs or I've got video. If the if the content doesn't resonate with the person, it just isn't going to work. Hmm. And and just before I, I break I break back to you, you know, I hear this all the time. You know, people will say, well, you know, when we spend a lot of money on our website, we we spent um, money on great photography and, and I come back to again I come back to the early uh, the late 80s when websites are coming out and I, I've seen websites that have uh, wonderful graphic design beautiful stuff but the website does nothing why no the copy sucks right on the other hand I've seen the ugliest, ugliest website. But the copy is right on the money. And you know what? That thing will outsell anybody. And does that mean that it's all about copy? No. no. But can we harmonize and win more? Harmonization of copy, imagery, colors, okay? All of that creates an experience. And, you know, I was at a restaurant yesterday talking, and he had asked me to come in as a new, and he wanted to be a new client of mine. And I said to him, I said, you know, what, what is the experience that you give people? Well, we have great burgers. Well, yeah, but that's not an experience. I mean, it is an experience, but on a level. Everybody who has burgers. Everybody's got burgers. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, but ours is a homemade burger. Oh, well, okay, so that makes you a cut above. A McDonald's. What is it? What is it that's going to draw me back here? Mm -hmm. And you see, most people can't answer that question. And this is where great marketing comes into play. It's not great marketing is something that's felt. It's not. It's not just created. Yeah. But it's created with emotion. It's created with feeling. You know, and, okay. and I kind of prorate this back to being in love. You know. Remember when you fall in love? Remember that feeling? Okay. Oh, like, yeah. You're, you're, even you're smiling because you know the feeling. Absolutely. Okay. And it, it's the same thing, too. You know, it, if uh, if you were with somebody and you didn't have that feeling, well, you wouldn't be in love. Yeah. Okay. This is what I'm saying with anything we do. Human beings are emotional creatures. Okay? And, you know, I remember my father turning around saying to me when I was a kid, he said, 
Randy, you got to start making logical decisions. Hmm. Human beings are not capable of making logical decisions. What they do is they make emotional decisions. Yeah. And then they try to support, rationalize it later. Justify with logic. Justify yeah. it with logic. And, but what is, the, what is the logic based on? Well, the logic is based on the emotion. Mm-hmm. So really, it's not, a, it's not a logical decision at all. It's just it makes it a logical, emotional right? decision. That's funny. Yeah, that, that's cyclical. And it's, it's funny. It's humor, humorous. Um, and so as we talk, uh, you know, normally I, I ask my guests, who should be listening? Why, why should they listen to you specifically? And what do you think they're going to get out of today's show? Today's going to be a little bit different, though, um, because we're going to be going back and forth and some of this marketing stuff. But um, who do you think should be listening, though? And, and, you know, beyond the decades of experience, Randy, why should they listen to you specifically? You know what? My wife asks me that question all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Honesty has a lot to do with your answer there. Okay. I've been around forever. I've started in marketing when I was in my 20s. Um, I'm 64 years old. Um, I've never done anything else but marketing. 44 is my favorite number, and you have 44 years of experience. 44 years of experience. And um, you know what? And, And I think, without blowing my own horn, I think I know a few things. Yeah. Over 44 years. Sure. So that's number one. Why should you listen to me? Well, well, here's another big thing. 44 years ago, you didn't have podcasts and you didn't have AI. And yet, instead of being married to the billboards um, and, st- and you haven't said anything bad about the old school stuff, the traditional stuff that still exists and works. Um, but you've also managed to evolve to be present in the most modern of technologies and so that tells me you have an openness about you um and and a depth that some marketers don't tend to don't tend to have they fear it it, it's interesting you say that jackson because i remember back in 1982 i got my first computer and it was um it was an what they called an xt and it was uh uh, I think it was a 16-inch screen, and it had uh, uh, amber uh, letter, uh, amber writing on it. Uh, there was no graphics or anything. It was just, but I remember thinking to myself, mm. you know, this is going to evolve into something, and I don't know what, but it's going to evolve into something. And if wow. I don't hop on the bandwagon with this, <laughs> okay, I'm going to be left in the dark. And it comes back to my father. My father said. My, my brother was working at IBM in 1967. And he, my brother my brother said, Dad, he said, there's going to be a computer on everybody's and everybody's home one day. My dad said, are you crazy? <laughs> They'll never be. He said, oh, yeah. And he says, you know the communicator on Star Trek? He says, everybody's going to have one of those two. He says, that's just insane. And we're coming from a... a at that time, we had rotary dial phones, and you're probably too mm-hmm. young to remember what a rotary dial phone. Oh, was. I had one, <laughs> and uh, I didn't. My parents did. And uh, but you do get a mic drop on this, Randy. I was while you're talking, I'm like, man, Randy can mic drop on me at any moment and just say, Jackson, I bought my first computer before you were even born. 
And I did. And you did. You did. And, <laughs> and in 97, guess who had a tower on my desk? You know, a, a, a computer tower that said IBM on it. I did. You did. And there's your, your, it's funny, there's your brother making that prediction and Absolutely. you know, to communicate with my dad in Saudi Arabia while he was there. Um, we both had computers that my stepmom had. She's a computer engineer. She built them for us. I remember the very first computer I got, I paid $4,400 for it. You and made $4,400 on the computer? I spent $4,400. Oh, spend it. Computer. Oh, yeah. Okay, it cost me $4,400 for this computer. And um, it had a, um, there was no internet yet. Mm -hmm. So I, I remember I had a line printer. And it would go, Took about four hours. Took about four hours to write a letter. <laughs> wow! And you know, uh, let's talk about return on investment then on decisions real quick because you know every, everybody wants an instant return on investment, and there's lots of systems you can implement to kind of do that. You know, for, for whether it's good, bad, or ugly that that happens. Um, you know, it's possible these days. But my question for you is this: Do you feel that that expense, the $44 you spent on that, that you got a good return on investment with oh, that decision. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. That's, I love that. Explain that to those listening. Who, you know what? And don't get me wrong. It was a lot of money at the time. Yeah. Okay. It was a lot of money. In, in, in it's a lot 80s. of money today. That's twice the amount you'd pay for a, a supercomputer today. Not supercomputer, but a good computer for your home. Without a doubt. For me, it was the best investment I ever made. It wasn't at the time, but looking back, absolutely. I, you know what? It got me from, from the pencil and paper, which a lot of people my age are not literate. Oh, they, they can, you know, go on Facebook and they can answer their emails, but you know what? They're not computer, computer literate. Right. Okay. Me, I'm, I'm, pretty well-rounded when it comes to these things, okay? And um, because I've been doing it a lot of years, I mean, since the 80s, right? So, um, and then I just kept learning and learning and learning, okay? Um, I figure, you know, the, the intelligence level of people in this day and age are the people that are gonna unlearn what they've already learned and learn something new, okay? And when I say that, this comes back to marketing. The old ways of marketing, you know, um, pushing out um, clicky, con cliche content, okay, to drive sales doesn't work yeah. anymore, okay? Um, I don't know, think it ever did, but I, I think no, a lot of people... Know, I asked that question, too. I asked, I asked myself... Enough people made you think it worked. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like a, a multi-level marketing opportunity. I don't, I don't have anything against multi-level marketing. Uh, all companies are built in pyramids. All societies and tribes are. Okay, it's not that's not the point. But if Bill Gates launches a company tomorrow and everybody joins just because they know it's Bill Gates, there wasn't actual value added in the process. So just because a bunch of people claimed copies king and were able to produce successful results on it because people liked how catchy that saying was, does mm -hmm. not make that copy valuable. It doesn't. And you're absolutely right. Copy has to be based 
on two primary factors. Number one, it has to answer a question. Whether that question is a problem, whether the question is a feeling or something, it has to answer a question. Yeah. And number two, it has to be built on, on emotion. It has to be built around that. Okay. You know, and this comes back to, again, you know what, I, I bring this up because in the 80s, it was just chronic. Um, we had these little acronyms like uh, ABC, you know, always be closing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, FAB, you know, features, advantages, and benefits. Yeah. And, and you know what, coming back to what you were saying earlier, I, you know, I don't think these things work anymore. And I'm not even sure that they ever worked at all. Okay, you know, and don't get me wrong, the Zig Ziglar's of the world. I mean, they they were they were pushing that stuff in the eighties. So I think the stuff came out of the Fuller Prush era in the nineteen forties. Okay, and the one thing I found about sales and marketing is the stuff that was done in the forties didn't get retired until the seventies. Okay. The stuff they were doing in the 60s didn't get retired until the 80s. The stuff they were doing in the 70s didn't get retired until the 2000s. There's always this 30-year gap. Hmm. Okay. So, and I mean, today, you know, I was talking with a gentleman, and he turned around, and he said to me, he says, you know what, Randy? And I said, what's that? He says, ABC, always be closing. And I thought, oh, my God, just about, I was ready to come through the screen. <laughs> Because you know what? I don't know that it ever did work. My ABCs is always be charitable. I love it. Thank you. Always That's be charitable. My response um, as well. And it's like, you know, it's a, you brought up a good point because one of the things that I'm striving to do with our brand um, and that I, I want to emulate and live in my life is, uh, well, really, it's about being my best self. But part of that, what I've seen when I do that is that it inspires others. Right. So when I when I utilize that line, um, it 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 plants a seed with somebody that might inspire them to evolve how they approach that particular business mechanism. Jaime, do you mind pulling up the um, the power marketing funnel um, to, to share on the screen while we talk? Um, I'll tell you when to pull it up once you have it loaded. But I want Randy's take on what, what we've created with that. Um, but Randy, go ahead. You're about to say something. I can't remember. See, that's what happened. <laughs> we had to be 64. <laughs> uh, right. I'm, I'm hot on your tail, my friend, in that in that regard. Uh, my memory fails me often. But the um, what's your... Actually, I will say, for, I, from now on, though, I am going to use that. Always be charitable. I love it. Thank thanks, you. brother. I appreciate that. I'm glad I can help. Um, and in, in 30 seconds, your 30-second version of this, what's your vision for those that you serve? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I always figure there's people want two things in life. Most people, one, they want to be happy. Can we agree? Yeah, I'll agree with that. But let's face it, there's a caveat to that is not some people are happiest in their own misery. Mm. Number two, is that every single person is emotionally connected to their own problems. Every single emotionally person. connected what? To every, 
Every single person is emotionally connected to their problems in life. Mm. Okay? Every single one. For me, my vision is when I take on a client, relieve pain. Okay? So what do I have to do in order to make that happen? Now, I think I have a pretty good track record because my clients tend to stick around. I have one client's been with me three years, one's been with me two years, one client's been with me nine years, one client's been with me since 92. Okay? I don't go around looking for new clients because my clients stay with me. Because I always put my client first. I put their needs ahead of mine. So if I were going to give advice to anybody watching this podcast, when you put your when you put your sights on the money and the money that you're going to make, okay, you're setting yourself up for failure. Put your put your focus on your customers' needs. What do they want? What do you really? What does? What would excite them? Put yourself in their shoes and then deliver what you promise. And when you do that, you don't have to worry about money because the money will follow. Okay? But I hear people say, things, well, you know what? I need that deposit. I need that deposit to pay my rent. I mean, you know what? If you're in that situation, go out and get a job for a few weeks. Yes. Okay, go and get a job for a few weeks. Okay, um, you know I, I hear people they they use a buzzword. Buzzwords are huge right now, right? Entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a buzzword. And I want to make it very clear. And I actually heard this from Russell Brunson, who I'm a very big fan. Okay. Don't like click funnels too much, but I do. Like <laughs> right, Russell. but I like Russell. I'm with you on that. <laughs> I like Russell. And I remember him saying, an entrepreneur is a person who makes, takes one person's problems and makes it their own. And I love that. So I verified that information. And actually, that's actually true. It comes from the French, which originally came from the Greek. And it means to take one person's problems and make it your own. Mm -hmm. But it has nothing to do with being in business. It has nothing to do with being making money. It has nothing to do with any of those things. It just has to do with taking one person's problems and making it your own. Okay? Yeah. To me, I'm not a big person to follow up on buzzwords. I don't like it. Okay? Um, I, I'm a big believer that deliver what you say. Sorry. Say what you mean, deliver what you promise. Yep. And if you do that in your marketing, You'll always come out ahead. This is why, you know what? There's so much irresponsible marketing. Like, yep. okay, the food industry, the pharmaceutical industry, the, the, the Canadian and the American government. It's all horrible, horrible marketing. And I'm sure you would have to agree. 
there's lots of room for improvement and, and all Absolutely. entities, everything in this earth, right? has imperfections and the imperfections hold us back. Right. And so can, if we, you know, and they're, those are fairly new institutions, right. When you look at the reality of, of centuries, um, right. So oh, yeah, there's, there's, there's all sorts of problems. There's always going to be uh, a, a convoluted nature of problems that exist complexities. So yeah, I agree I with agree. that. I would agree. Like I said, tell the truth. Yeah. Tell the truth. Be honest with your customer and tell them the truth. And you know what? Don't do the things like, hey, we're going to get you to the top of Google in, in, in 30 days. Hmm. Okay. Be honest with people and tell them, tell them. Right. You're talking about exploiting, you know, exploiting the desires, um, you know, of, of an individual, um, you know, and, and kind of being a yes man, um, you know, and there's, there's a catch 22 problem that exists between marketers and entrepreneurs with that. We won't, I don't want to derail your, your thoughts on this or go that way. But um, I would say the one thing I would add, and from my perspective on this, and it, it's neither right nor wrong, it's just mine and yours is I like to say what you mean and do what you say reality. And you, you use the word that is kind of a buzzword these days. And, and I, I use it too. Um, I caught myself when I did, which is you said it, it will always lead to success. Um, and my, my thought was God willing. Um, oh, and so, you know, that, and that's, I know that's what you're trying to prepare people to understand is, is that, you know, there aren't guarantees, um, you know, of, of success. There aren't guarantees. You're not guaranteed to get a reward just because some marketer or somebody told you that's going to be your outcome. There are, there are lots of factors that go into it, but if you play by great principles, You'll have the success. Yeah. You'll have the the outcome that's meant for you in your situation. And Absolutely. ideally, if you put the right formula together, then that formula should lead you to financial success and uh, that, that aspect of happiness you're talking about too. Absolutely. You know, I, it's it's funny. I um, just before you go, because I, I, I know there's a part here you want to move on to, but you know. Remember my 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 mother said to me, you know, she said, "Randy, money will never make you happy." And I could never understand that notion. Mm -hmm. Okay, I didn't get it. Yeah, of course it would make me happy. I need more money. Okay. And um, but as I got older, I started realizing that it's not money that makes you doesn't make the man. Okay, um, person turns around and wins a million dollars. Are they going to be happy? No, they're just going to be a miserable person with a million dollars. Okay, because no. money doesn't make the person. You know, how you feel inside you. Yeah, is what what changes, and I think when people go through that transition, and they start to realize that what you say and how you speak and, and what you do really affects the world it affects the world it affects people around you you've brought a lot on the show today that that inspires me um grateful for the again that experience just the depth of wisdom uh that comes from experience in life um you know and, and i appreciate that and so i look forward to having a long-term friendship um well, i do want to share one other thing go ahead i said me too good
Good. Awesome. Uh, we're off. We're on a roll. Um, I want to share one more point that that may be of, of uh, inspiration with you. I've, I've had some really great marketing concepts. Um, I call them revelations uh, and they, they mean a lot to me. And they mean a lot to me in the aspect that I want other marketers as well to scrutinize them, you know, and, and help make sure that we're on track because we have the opportunity to shift the tides, you know, change the landscape. There's 96% of businesses failing over a 10 year period. That's awful. 4% success rate is not a good thing. Um, no. We need to be, we need to be raising the bar and the standard on what we provide in order to make that happen. So one concept is we're often taught that there's two reasons people buy, right? Back to the ABC style info, right? And that's yeah. pain and pleasure, but if they need or what they want. With, with entrepreneurship, uh, it's inspired me to think higher and realize, well, wait a second. The elites that I've studied in the world have disciplined themselves to ignore pain and to forsake pleasure in order to drive purpose. purpose. I think that purpose is the greater incentive, especially when you're looking to work with people who are aspiring to do greater things. And that goes back to your inspiration card. If you don't mind, Jaime, you can pull up the screen now. Um, you're familiar with the marketing funnel and anybody who's listening right now, the marketing funnel consists of awareness, interest, consideration, intent, evaluation, and purchase. And this funnel is built with so many flaws and holes in it. And it's the standard, um, that's taught in universities and everywhere you go, you look online, you look up marketing funnel, you're going to find that exact funnel process. And marketers think it's the best thing since, since sliced bread. And I think it's great. It's awesome. But what I realized last year was it's only the questions. Those are just the questions of, okay, it leaves you with a question of like, well, what, how do I drive awareness? How do I drive interest? How do I get people to consider my offer? How do I get people to have intent? And I don't see anybody answering that in streamlined fashion. And bam, one day it hit me. I was, I was showering and it hit me this process of, well, wait a second. If you want to draw awareness, knock, knock, knock. You know, you got to intrigue somebody. And if you intrigue them, if you if you want them to be interested in you, you have to attract them. And if you want to get them to consider what it is you're doing, you got to inspire them. And in order for them to have intent. So, for instance, my daughter, let's say she knocks on the door. Right. I don't know. It's her turn around. That's my daughter. She got a plate full of cookies, Randy. And now I'm like, oh, now I'm interested. You know, and she comes up and, and she says, you know, and, and I can smell them. And now I'm starting to consider like, oh, are these for me? Right. And and she, in order for me to have intent, though, like she's going to invite me to take action. I'm just going to take her cookies from her. And she might say, hey, dad, you want a cookie? Right. Right. And I say, yeah. Um, and she says, OK, well, it's ten dollars per cookie. There you go. Oh, she made an offer. Um, right. So now I'm evaluating like, whoa, ten dollars for a cookie. You know, and, and she might. She might decide to support me in the process of, well, I can do it for $2, you know, if that's what you have. Or she might, based on scarcity, she might she might say, you know what, Dad, how about I go give these to the neighbors? Um, you know, yeah. I can just do a service project instead. It's okay, you don't have to pay me. But there's this process of support and there's this dependability that needs to exist. And there's, again, urgency that may be baked into the equation. But uh, this process that you're seeing, that power marketing fund on the left-hand side, that's way too small to see. Um Again, you mentioned that inspiration process, and I couldn't help but bring this up because I, I haven't shared this with the world at scale yet. 
but I'd love to know what are your thoughts? Are there, what do you think about this in terms of answers and questions and improving the marketing funnel? Okay, so I'm glad you asked that. Um, the question awareness and intrigue. Okay, let's okay. talk about intrigue. Yeah. What is your intrigue based on? My intrigue? No, I'm asking just in general here. Oh, in general. Uh, usually there's there's an occurrence. You're answering you're answering the awareness question with intrigue. The right. awareness question is based on what? Look, what I'm trying Why do you to say get that? At, what I'm trying to get at here is that when I go through a process of of uh, evaluation for a product, mm -hmm. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write down um, what is the product? What are the problems associated with that product? What product, your product, what is, what problems does it solve? Mm -hmm. It's going to be the problems that you solve. So we're going to make a list of those problems. And there's going to be some that are going to be very apparent. Some of them that are not going to be a little, uh, not going to be quite as apparent. And maybe you have to go to the, the client and say, listen, you know what, your, what products did you, what problems does your product solve? They'll give you a few more. How does that make people feel? If you've got a problem, how does that make you feel? And what emotions are tied to that feel? Okay. Yeah. Now, there are sub-emotions that can be tied to the emotion. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Two little emo emotions make up one kind of bigger emotion, and maybe two of those emotions together of the bigger emotions give you a feeling, a feeling of happiness, a feeling of sadness. So how does it make you feel? And what, what are the emotions that are tied to that? So I'm going to make a note of that for each one of those questions. Then on the other side, I'm, I'm going to write down how are you going to feel after you buy? Well, I'm going to feel great because this is the reason my, you know, this was my problem. This is my resolution. What is the resolution? How does the resolution make you feel? And what sort of emotions are tied to that feeling resolution? So I'm going to kind of work with those. And, and I'm going to play with them because I want to find out what the common threads are between them all. And you see, when you answer a question like that, you, you turn around and you say, well, look, if I know what the problem is and I know why you're feeling the way you are, and I know what if emotions are driving those feelings, now I go to the table and I start writing my copy. My copy now is based on that. My copy is based on that. So I can drive intrigue, okay? And I can drive awareness. Yeah. But if I've got the emotions and the guy turns around and says, oh my God, man, I'm feeling that way. Oh yeah. You ever read, you ever read a book, a great, great author, and he'll turn around, he'll, he'll write something in the book and you'll go, oh my God, I feel it. This is the reason we go to the movies. This is the reason we read mm -hmm. a good book. We want to feel. 
Yeah. Your content must make me feel. It must make me feel angry. It must make me feel happy. It must make me feel scared. It must make me feel annoyed. It doesn't matter, but it has to make me feel. Otherwise, it's just words on a paper or right. words on a, on, a, on a screen. It means nothing. It's the emotion that drives our decisions, nothing more. Hmm. And I have been saying that for years. And the big thing is, is that everybody wants to go the easy way, Jackson. The easy way is, well, you know what? Maybe somebody will buy. I'll just throw out some copy and maybe somebody will buy. And maybe they will. But are you really doing justice for the people that, you, that are buying from you? I want people to feel what I feel. And the more I look at a product, the more I look at, at the, the problems that people have, the more I, I become engulfed in that product or that service, or that person, okay? Yep. Like, I, I look at your, your vision pros, okay? I wrote down Capshow. I wrote down Icon Maker. I wrote down Water Project. Why? Because I'm going to give money to Water Project. I'm going to check out Icon Maker and Capshow. I'm going to do something else with I feel what you feel. Yeah, it makes sense. I feel what you feel. This is why we built, this is how relationships are built. I have never shaken your hand, have I? Nope, not yet. But man, I, but man, I like you. I think you're a, I think you're a hell of a nice guy. Okay? And do, are, you seem like the kind of person I would want to get to know. Right. Now, this is the part where you're supposed to say, Randy, you look like the kind of person I'd like to get. <laughs> I got to leave people on the edge of their seat for the show, Randy. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I've already said that earlier. So that was uh, the whole long-term friendship aspect. But Absolutely. For me, it's connecting. Yeah. If your copy, if your video, if your uh, imagery, whatever it is you're doing connects with me, I'm going to buy it. But it, you need to put in the leg. You got to put in the legwork yep. to learn it. You can't just say, oh, this is a great product. I think I'll market it tomorrow. It just doesn't mm -hmm. work. So let's, let's wrap up um, because we are we are over time. And I know Jaime, I'm, keep, I'm probably keeping Jaime a little bit late right now too. But what I want to, I want to give you one final opportunity for this particular show. And I think we could bring you back in the future, Randy. I know there's I other it. opportunities for both of us uh, to collaborate on, on different opportunities. And I see an extreme value. And again, the, the wisdom that you have, it's kind of like publishing a book. You want to go to a publisher that's going to slice through all the potholes. I mean, I'll tell you, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. This is not going to work. But of course, embrace and, 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 and appreciate the value of what you've created. And you, you, because of your experience, you're going to see things like that. And you're going to know like that would save him time. That would, that's going to make, that's going to relieve pain. By the way, one final plug before I go there, Ryan Giordano, who we hosted last week, who's the number, gave the number one answer, in my opinion, for um, a question I put out to hundreds of leaders about what's one of the, what are some of the struggles going, taking place in leadership right now? He said the exact same thing. His vision is to relieve pain. 
And he almost said it with a little trepidation. I was like, brother, that is powerful. Um, oh, and so yeah. Ryan Giordano, you, I, I hope you guys get a chance to connect afterwards. But my Good question morning. for you, Randy, is this. If, um, if there was a scenario where you could come in with your, with your strengths and make change, right? Be able to, to make immediate change and impact. What does that company or entrepreneur look like in less than 45 seconds? What's the situation? What are they facing? What are the opportunities you can come in and, and help them resolve? What are you going to look at? Can you imagine that? Yeah, because I do it all the time. I look at the owner. The owner? I look at the owner of the company. Yeah. Who's leading the company? And how does he lead? Does he lead by here or does he lead from here? And if you are, I'm a big believer that what happens in here controls what's over here. If you're sick, fix what's here. If you're sick, fix what's here. When you fix what's here, everything out there will figure, it'll figure itself out. You're talking about fix what's in your heart, what's in fix yourself. Fix what's in your heart. Fix what's in, up here. Fix what's and here. In your mind, internally, fixing what's internal. I'm I'm voicing that for those who aren't watching the video. So. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so fix what's in here. Okay. You want to lead great, you lead with your heart. Yeah. Okay. Because it's your heart your heart-mind combination that makes it work. And it comes back from a, um, a gospel of St. Thomas. And Thomas was a disciple of Jesus. He was actually a good friend of his growing up. Mm. And um, Thomas turns around and Jesus says to Thomas, he says, well, he says, how do I move mountains? Mm. Jesus says to him, he says, what you have in here what you think and you desire in your mind and what you feel in your heart. When he says, when the two become one, ask the mountain to move and it will move. And, you know, I relate this to prayer. You know, they, we're all taught that, you know, get down on your knees, put your hands together and talk to God. Well, you know what? In that scenario, God's not listening. Because it's the mind and the heart come to, has to come together. And when those come together, God listens. And, and, and to me, this is the same as everything in life. And when I go into a new client, um, matter of fact, I went to the pizza guy or the burger guy yesterday. And I'm talking this stuff and, and, and um, he started to get it. Because you know what? When you worry, and because usually people that call me, um, they say, oh, well, you know, I, I need I need marketing. I got to have it. Okay. And, and there, nobody plans for this. Okay. They call me up and they say, well, you can you come in? And you know what? We, we spent uh, $10,000 on our website. We spent $15,000 on social media posting. And, of course, I always tell them, you know, that, did, what did you, what research did you do on your website? Oh no 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 no, we just put up a <laughs> website. Yeah okay. So I, I always tell my clients, you look, you don't start with the website, you end with the website. You don't start with social media, you end with social media. Okay, 
um, you do your research first. Anyway, long and the short of it, with a leader, I'm, I want to know that your, your deliverable is here. This is your deliverable. Right. Okay? Lead with your heart. And people will follow. Lead with your mouth. And people will resent you. And, and this has been a fact my whole life because I, I've run a couple of big organizations and, you know, when I was younger and I remember one time I had uh, telemarketers working for me and uh, I had a girl, Michelle Bauer, nice girl. She worked for me and she said, you know, the only thing I can hear over and above your, um, over and above all the callers is you screaming. Hmm. And it was all about stress. It was all about worry. How am I going to pay my bills? What are we going to do? Oh, my God. And eventually, I had to calm myself down. I had to say, look, man, this isn't what it's about. Yeah. Okay? It's the salesperson who goes out and he thinks it's all about making a commission. If he thinks that's what it's about, then he's wrong. Right. Hey, then, that's... That's powerful stuff. I appreciate you sharing that vulnerable story. It's a, it's a reflection of your leadership. And you. uh, I know there's, uh, you know, everybody listening in has an opportunity to evaluate what am I doing in my life um, right now that I can adjust to show up better for the right reasons for those around me that I serve um, and, and align ourselves with what the true desire of our heart and mind is. So Randy, thank you so much for being on Vision yeah. Pros today. Um, I'd love to recap with you after for a minute. Uh, Vision Pros, those of you listening in, um, if you gain something from this, of course, uh, share it with others. Um, like and comment with, uh, you know, to, to, to spread awareness for this um, if you're called to do so. And uh, don't hesitate to connect with Randy or I on any social media channel of your choice. We'll be happy to show up, answer questions, make friends. Absolutely. And, uh, everybody have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention.